I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And this week, the pain and beauty of failure. Yes, we revisit that subject of failure, and we're going to explore navigating failure in the context of a single day event. I want to warn you, this week's a personal one. It might just get a little bit raw, but my hope is that it may draw something from the journey, as we went through a personal coaching failure lately, an inside peek into the journey of excellence and embracing failure. But before we go there today... As promised, we continue with our little squaddy updates. We roll on. And this week, we're emphasizing a couple of key components in the Purple Patch Squad. The first is mapping your first Ironman event. For all the athletes that are really interested in taking that big leap, the first giant step, almost like the moon landing, Coach Emma Briggs is going to be mapping the best advice for the journey of the great first experience. And just like those first 11 first-timers that we had at the Hawaii Ironman World Championships that crossed the line for the first time, for all of the Purple Patch athletes out there, we're going to be focusing on that. The other component that I want to share with you is a little bit of a sneak peek around some of the education we talked about with swimming. This is the time for the triathletes that swimming should take a front seat for the majority of athletes. We love a good winter swim project. But for you guys that hate the swim, avoid it, undervalue it, here's a sneak peek from a piece of squatty education around the swim. Now, I want to warn you, it's not complete. I just extracted three main points. But if you are a triathlete listening, this might give you a little lens, a little push in the direction of why the swim in the winter months is such a good proposition for you. Here are three things. The first Swimming is going to make you a better athlete. So the swim project, it's not going to help you just in swimming. It will make you a better athlete. I've yet to see any athlete fail to become a better triathlete when they have embraced a serious off-season of improving and focusing on swimming. Seriously, investing in your swimming isn't just about improving a weakness for many. In fact, by reducing the obsession of the corrosive sport of running, replacing it with a serious investment in swimming, you do get yield swim gains. But more importantly, you develop wonderful cardiovascular conditioning, a broad range of training at all intensities and various other benefits. There's also great cross-pollination of swim fitness to other sports. So lay your bedrock of fitness. You won't regret it. The second component of swimming in the off-season, it dials in what we call your inner animal. Swimming with a pace clock is the most amazing feedback tool you have. And it's representative, truthfully, of how you should approach metrics throughout all of the sports in your training. So a swimming pool is a controlled environment, let's say 25 metres. And every interval that you do, you get instant feedback on your outcome the time that it took and that of course equates to your pace but it is once you complete the interval while executing the interval you must feel retain awareness manage the sensations you swim blind 
but you get the feedback again and again and again throughout the session, many, many times. And that's at the source of why swimmers have wonderful self-awareness. It's because of this. It's why I'm not a massive fan of goggles with heads-up display or wristwatches in the pool. Just use the pace clock. And finally, number three, performance in swimming is a combination of some technique, but also and almost mostly resilience and fitness. It is a highly technical sport, but simply focusing on technique via drills or breaking down your strokes and swimming very slow will not yield any meaningful improvements if you're not fit enough. We need to get great cardiovascular and muscular endurance so that you can sustain the technique. So the mission for the time-staffed athlete should be to get the technique good enough, but not perfect, and then get absolutely fit as heck to retain this form in the varied and chaotic environment of open water. So now to get the rest of the answers, to really get inside the value of swimming, you've got to join the team. If you're interested in heading to squad, go to purplepatchfitness.com, head to the squad page. You can peel back much more on these types of subjects, one inside. Now, as you go through, we're ramping towards these sessions. We're in postseason. You've heard a lot about it. I would recommend if you haven't listened to the postseason podcast show that we did a couple of weeks ago, go back and listen. It's all about the phase of preparation, physically, technically and mentally. We'd love to have you get involved. And if you're not sure, ask us. It might or it might not be the right fit for you as a product. But if it piques your interest, we'd love to chat. Reach out to Purple Patch Fitness. The easiest way, just head to our podcast show page and ask us a question. But enough of that. We won't go on on about Purple Patch and our squad, although we're very proud of it. Let's move on. You know what it's time for, don't you? I know you do. Here we come. Let's get some support in this journey. Hit it, Barry. We like the way he thinks. Serious with the way. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the Dictionary Word of the Week. Yes, the Word of the Week this week is reset. Yes, reset. It is a perfect key performance enhancer right in the middle of your day. Are you a highly trained elite athlete, a busy enthusiast, a CEO, executive, a busy mother? You need a reset. Now, I could have called this a nap. I might have labeled it meditation because there's a broad range of suitable approaches that fall under this big umbrella that all promise to heighten your productivity in the afternoon hours of any day. So I'm just going to label it reset. Whether you're thinking about coordination, skill acquisition, focus, decision making, long and short term memory, energy management, happiness, speed, everything benefits from a reset. I do it every day, 10 to 20 minutes max. It's a ritual. I do it every day. Well, you do it. It must be good. Oh, look at him. He who knows all. I know it sounds a little bit charlatan like when I say you guys should do it because I do it. It's all based on my experience. But there's more. This isn't theory. This is powerful 
and it's all anchored in peer-reviewed research. Here's the approach. Find somewhere quiet. Get yourself into a quiet room. If you're at work, you might need to use headphones for that. Get as dark as possible, as cool as possible. No screens, no connectivity. Completely detach. Lay down or sit quietly. Now, at this point, there's divergence. Some people like to follow a meditation app. Others like to just meditate. Others like to visualize sport. Others like to rest. Me, I'm a rester. You might fall asleep. It doesn't matter if you do, but you don't have to to gain effect. You're not trying to sleep. Sleep might just come. A reset. Almost every executive and CEO that I work with integrates this into their day. Forward-thinking organizations are integrating it into their workers' lives. It isn't laziness. It is a performance enhancer. It is an investment in getting more out of yourself and out of your team. Reset. It's the word of the week. But there's also a challenge in here. Because if you're listening to this now in a place of leadership... And then you have a burden because you carry the weight of culture creation. You must shift the relationship between recharging and the perception of it being pursued or seen as laziness. If you're a leader and you do this, do not hide. Do it. Tell people. Embrace it. Let them do it. Encourage them to do it. Reset. Your productivity and all of your team's productivity is going to benefit from a little quiet time. And that is why, daily, but the word of the week, this week, is reset. Now, let's get on with the meat and potatoes. Yes, and the meat and potatoes, and this week, it's not a long one. It's not particularly in-depth, but it's a very personal story. And I wondered whether I should tell this story. But then I thought, it's important to tell this story. I want to tell you a story about failure. A failure in sport. Not a personal failure, but a failure of performance in a single day. It's a story of an athlete, but really... It's about me as a coach. So we're going to go back and talk about an athlete that we've actually spoken about a fair amount on the show over the last weeks, including an interview just before the Hawaii Ironman World Championship. Sarah Piampiano. In 2018, Sarah began her eighth year here as a purple patch professional athlete. And I have to say, it was a tough season. Everything was a battle. Now she secured some podiums. But each race, it never felt like things flowed. She certainly wasn't in a purple patch. Her historically stronger bike leg became average amongst the best. She arrived at Kona looking fit, but in all honesty, a little fatigued. And she battled and she fought and she secured a hard-earned 11th. But again, there was no flow. The whole year, last year, felt like running uphill. She was literally at a crossroads. 
And of course, the inevitable questions came. They came maybe in our minds. They came for ourselves as a coach and as an athlete. Was there more to give? Was this the beginning of the decline, the start of the end? I saw the first chink in the question of her highly resilient armour of confidence. What next? Is it time now to back off? Or should I go on? Now a note before we go on. When athletes hit these crossroads, it's critically important that they are the ones that come up with the answer. This had to be Sarah's decision. If it was time to step back, then there's absolutely nothing wrong with a decision like that. But there has to be meaning to push on. And there must be vigor, passion and the real ability to answer the question, why? And so, did Sarah have more to give? Following a nice rest and a clean out, returning to light training, the answer for her became clear. Yes. She felt from inside there was more to give. She didn't feel like her elite journey was at an end. And so, what could I do? Support, guide and help. But we made a commitment. With the last year, 2018, being tough physically, it was also tough emotionally. She was too strong on herself. The journey and the sport in self became a little too serious. Now, this might sound a little bit like a paradox. Being an elite athlete, you should be serious, surely. Yes, it is elite performance. But when the passion of the process decays in pursuit of only an outcome, it's seldom sustainable. And ultimately, it's not the route to find that best outcome. And so we committed to enjoy the process. And in fact, we realised a few things. Sarah required rest. She needed to rejuvenate. She also would be suited by a return to simplicity, nailing the basics. And she had to fall back in love with racing. Very simple components. As we stretched to the start of this year, we had a humble beginning. She was the very last athlete, including the amateurs that were invited to our January pro camp. She had little signs of spark or fitness, but at the same time, Sarah had come off a massive break and then reduced training for a couple of months, only doing eight to 10 hours a week over the normal 20 or 25 hours. Gradually, things started to improve, day by day, week by week. And then suddenly, behind us, all the signs were there. Now this is key to the story of failure. We hit a rhythm this year as we went into the spring that I would label performance predictability. She had the break, she had the new lens, she nailed the basics. For you guys that have listened to the show, you know all about the basics, don't you? She was nailing almost every key session. She was recovering well. The power on the bike was higher. Swimming, yes, even her swimming was in a good place. The running, it looks super. Now, in many ways, the rest should be history. She went on in 2019 to have absolutely the best series of racing of her career. Now, why was that? Well, she was racing free. She was unshackled. 
She smiled. She was eager to race. She simplified the approach and focused on nailing the basics. Yes, you repeat listeners, it won't be the first time that you've heard all of this. And she sparked. By May, Ironman Brazil. First overall bike course record, run course record, overall record, a 2.52 marathon, 8 hours and 40 minutes for the second fastest US female Ironman time ever. Following that, she rested. It was a special day, but we had to rejuvenate. And she committed to it. She didn't rush back. She did as I asked. And it's very seldom that Sarah does a really good job of resting, but she did a great job of resting after that race. We rebuilt. We started the process again. And the performances continued. Performance predictability. Great riding, super running, podiums, wins, a career year. I know, I'm puffing it up for you. But that is the journey so far. Now time for Kona, the preparation for Kona. It was, and I seldom say this because it seldom is, it was perfect on every front. Training, health, resilience, gold. For the first time, In a few years, I looked at Sarah and I saw vibrancy, health, excitement, a warrior. Performance predictability stayed. So what was our goal for Hawaii this year? 39 years of age, it was quite simple. And this is important. This is important. What was the goal? The goal was a great personal performance. Nothing more. Instead, and a personal opportunity for Sarah to display her preparation. Now, where it left her overall, we shall see on the day. That wasn't the mission. What we wanted to do was set Sarah up to express her performance potential, meeting performance on the day. And I believed, she believed, we believed that every sign and situation pointed to a wonderful personal performance. Now I know nothing is guaranteed in sport, but Sarah was literally primed for performance. I've seldom been so sure. In fact, the night before, I turned to my friends and said, she's ready. I had confidence to the core. She was healthy, she was primed. So what happened? She didn't have a great day. It didn't happen at all. She had a solid swim and then went on through nothing but commitment and toughness and follow through to yield an underwhelming outcome. The body didn't provide the result. Now, we could go on and start to create all sorts of excuses. Yes, she threw up as soon as she came out of the swim. Maybe... She drank too much seawater in that choppy ocean. We could talk about the various challenges that she faced. But here's the thing. Her performance on that day was not up to her potential. It wasn't a result of mindset or confidence. It was physical. The body didn't cooperate. And we, as a team, failed. We failed. So where do I lead with this story? I think it's important not to go too far from here. 
I'm sure you want to say and ask the question, what happened? Because, of course, that's the natural instinct. What happened? Why did that happen? If every single sign and pointer led towards a great personal performance, no matter what the outcome in placing was, what happened? Here is the answer. And this is the answer from me, Matt Dixon, professional coach, expert in parentheses. Here's the answer of what happened to Sarah that day. I don't know. I simply don't know. I don't know. Was it Sarah? No. Was it sickness? Absolutely not. Was it the plan? Goodness me, I have ripped that plan apart. No, I don't think it was. The post-mortem produced nothing. It was nothing. No, that's actually wrong. It was sport. It was sport. It was the beauty and beast of the Hawaii Ironman. But here's the context. We failed on that day. That day. And I know that's what we get judged against. But it was a single day. And you know what? Sometimes that happens. And the sport doesn't owe me or Sarah or anyone an answer. And sometimes it will refuse to provide the answer. Now, don't get me wrong. I've had plenty of athletes that have underperformed compared to expectation. And there have quite often been very tangible reasons. Being overcooked, fatigued, undercommitted, misfiring on fueling and hydration, a little bit of misfortune, whatever it might be. But we don't always get an answer. So as a coach... In these rare but important occasions, I think it's okay to admit, I just don't know. There are no signs. There are no reasons. She didn't mess up. And somehow, I failed her. The body didn't cooperate despite 10 years of training signs and experience with this athlete pointing towards a good one. Does this make Sarah a failure? Because she failed on that day? Of course not. Does this make me a terrible coach? Well, I'll let you be the judge of that. But I think it's important to realise in sport, we're not building a bridge. We didn't miss three bolts that resulted in some systemic failure. This is the human body. And in a tough event, in crazy conditionings, providing great unpredictability, preparation Preparation, preparation, preparation provides the best chance for success. But at the same time, it's no promise. And that is, and this is important, that is the pain and the beauty of sport. So we wallow. We cry just a little bit. And then we come up for air. We gain perspective. And we carry on. Because out of this supposed failure, a failure that provided no reason for the challenge of the day, came a whole bunch of magical lessons for Sarah and for us as a team. You see, in this year, when we come up, there are a whole bunch of positive. Remember what we talked about? A year of racing that produced the career's best results. We found a recipe that produced her as a best racer. 
we refound her passion and reason for doing the sport. She fell back in love with the process. She improved. And over 2019, she also had the opportunity to step up in other ways, much less selfish ways, as a leader, a mentor. She matured as a person. She increased the ownership of her own journey and extended the lens beyond places and times. She became a better person and a better athlete. The journey that we navigated through the fatigue of 2018 to a wonderful 2019 with a single day that didn't go well produced more than either coach or athlete could imagine. The journey created a whole bunch of fun, growth, inspiration to ourselves and many others. The journey creates the meaning. So was I bummed for her? Sure, she deserved better. Was Sarah upset? You bet. She's a fierce competitor. She wanted to show herself the performance that she was capable. But what happened next day? We moved on. It was a day, but it wasn't the journey. And that's a critical component to you remember as an athlete or for you to view as a coach. Because that's the thing about tough days. They're just days, nothing more. And there will be other days and more opportunities. So if you struggle on a day, on an occasion, in a race, it doesn't mean you are a failure. It just opens the door for brutal honesty in reflection. Because failure is simply not doing all of the things in your control to create the best performance possible in preparation and then on the day. And that means that your result might not always be magic. But if you retain perspective, a massive word, get in the helicopter, come up, look at the view. It's a wonderful view. Embrace the journey and your chances of enjoyment and excellence are just so much better. So on those failure days, here's the permission. Marinate in frustration. Wallow in self-pity for 24 hours and then get over it. Move on. Learn the lessons that are there with brutal honesty, but don't dwell if there's nothing that you can honestly find. It was, remember, a day. Moron, toughen up. Go again, because that's what life is about. And that's why sport is a wonderful vehicle of stories of life. We move on and we chase excellence. Now, I interrupt here, guys. You see, I finished recording that show. I did a lovely little lead out and you'll never get to hear the end because I'm going to interrupt with a different end of the show. Right there was right at the end of the show. But we've got a little extra story to add, a little tinge about moving on. You see, I was going to end the show with a quest for promise. Look out, Sarah will be back. We are still in 2019. We can finish the year great with some more performances. But here I stand recording and she's already delivered. Very timely fashion, just a day late. But you want world lessons of world-class mindset and resilience? Sarah P, she provided it this weekend. You see, the story that you listened to happened on October the 12th. That was the day of failure. 
Just four days later, Sarah was getting on a plane to Chile. She went down because she was going to race Ironman 70.3. Six days after the Hawaii Ironman. Beyond physically tough. But imagine doing it six days after the events that I outlined of Hawaii. Ugh. I tell you what. In honesty, you'd be more likely to find me sitting at the end of the bar than you would being able to start to prep to race again. But there she went, no expectations. She arrived in Chile. She got there safe and sound, no bike, lost in transit. So I receive a text. Got here, no bike, lost in transit, not sure if I'm going to race. We shall see if it shows up. The days went by, still no bike, the wonders of travelling internationally. She went to bed the night before the race, no bike. Likely, no race. Two hours before the race start at four o'clock in the morning, a knock on the door. And I will say through Herculean efforts of Ironman, as well as the local tri-club, suddenly she had a bike. An ill-fitting bike, set up for training. But it was a bike. It was the bike that she would have to ride. So what was the result? Six days after the Hawaii Ironman. A wonderful performance. A hard-earned second-place podium finish. And you know what that is? That's moving on. That's resilience. That's grit. But most important, it's a respect for the racing competitors and it's passion for the journey. It was nothing more than the same spirit of the week before. A complete commitment in every race to do all that you can do within your control. She couldn't get her bike. She got given a bike. Thank you very much, Iron Man and the local race community. And that's what she rode. That is what she can control. She had a bike. She raced. In Kona, she didn't fly. But when the odds were against her, she flew. The pain and the beauty of sport. Until next time, take care. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Cheers!